Ah, yes. There's the music. We're back underway. Cool Button Hockey Podcast, episode 60. Matthews gets to 60. One of 21 players ever to hit the milestone. What a goal score. He would have been at 50 many, many, many times before. Craig, on our show this week, people started saying Matthews in the Gretzky Ovechkin 800-900 conversation. Do you say Yosemite Sam? Whoa, camel. Or do you do the math in your head? I know you're good with numbers, my friend. That's why you do my taxes. Uh, Do you think that Austin can really, really rack it up that much moving forward? Okay, well, here's what I would say to you. Has he given any indication that he can't? No. Does he give you any indication he's slowing down? No. He's going to be 25, you know, this coming September. Okay, so that gives him 10 years. Why don't we just give him 10 years times 50 goals a year? <laughs> we'll give him 500, right? Like, you know, for, for it's easy math, right? Easy math, easy math. I was told my kids, you know what I was doing? Work on the DESA system. You know what the DESA? Tens. If you work on tens, you can always do quick math. Anyway, I uh, worked for my, for one of my daughters, my other daughter, she, she doesn't, she, I think she was just being stubborn. I think she knew she could do it. She just doesn't want to say she can do it. Anyway, that's 500. Well, I get some right near 800. And then we just figure out where the health is, like, you know, and everything's at. So, you know, when you're talking about the game's best goal scorer right now. And I, I don't think there's much debate, if any, on, on that. So, you know what, if we want to start, uh, he doesn't have 300 yet, but if we want to start talking about 900, well, why not? <laughs> well, he's going to be in a higher, one would assume offensive era than Ovi was for 17 years. Like, you know, Stammer gets to 100 for the first time in his career. I mean, points in year 14. And, you know, he got to 60, the last guy to do it. Very impressive when Ovi and Stammer got to 60. It was harder. Our buddy Mike Johnson always uses the math on, well, the 92 goal season for Gretzky, the score adjusted effect, the score, adju- you know, and we've seen the 82 season. We've seen 92, 93. We, we've got numbers now that we haven't seen since 95, 96. And it's fun and it's fun to crunch the numbers. The same way somebody from Edmonton sent numbers to me about Austin is the best goal scorer, but then they calculated Austin's percentage of goals he's in on for Toronto, and it was 34-something, and McDavid on in Edmonton, and it was 43-something, and they're making all those arguments, a first assist. Craig, I've, I have drowned in underlying numbers and trying to figure this out. Now, I've been lobbying for a vote. Can you believe it? 32 years watching all the games, not voting for the Hart Trophy, but that's a subject for another day. Um, the underlying numbers, I, I don't know where I am. I just kind of feel McDavid is almost a little taken for granted. A little bit. Four Art Rosses if he wins, ties Makita, and we're into this rarefied air. I think there's just a kind of an anti, I don't want to say Euler McDavid thing. It's almost, if you picked another player, Tyler Sagan had 123 points now. I think we'd look at it differently. Wow, Tyler Sagan, 120. He's got to win the Hart Trophy. So I don't know where you are on that. I think sometimes people want fresh, new and improved, Jerry. New and improved. They want fresh and new and improved. Yeah, it's interesting. My uh, my late father-in-law, uh, he was interesting. He, uh, he they always used to buy big bottles of Miracle Whip. And all of a sudden, he changed the, they said they changed the lid. He said, so I can go to the grocery store and just grab the big bottle with the top of my hand. It said new and approved. He said it wasn't new and approved. He wrote letters. He wrote letters. <laughs> <laughs> he 
said, well, what's it doing to prove? <laughs> so, you know what? I laugh about it because like, I, I, like, come on. I think I, I, I don't, I don't think there's an anti McDavid or anti Edmonton noise. I don't, I don't believe that. Right. I think everybody should just take the position that I have when they ask me who my favorite team is. I just say, I hate them all equally. I hate all 32 teams equally because no matter what you do, somebody, somebody thinks you hate their team. Anyway, that being said, he's brilliant. And, you know, uh, earlier this week, Steve, uh, there was some comment. Oh, it's a two-horse race for the Hart Trophy. Oh, really? It is. Oh, it is. Really? Have you watched what Shesterkin and Huberto and Goudreau and Yossi and Kaprizov and these guys? People, if, if you're trying to tell me, I'm just saying me, I'm not here, that it's a two-horse race, I ain't buying. I ain't even close to buying. So, McDavid, Dreisaitl, I didn't even mention Dreisaitl in there. I mean, look at what he does. You, you know, it's it's unbelievable. And, and I agree with you. I think that, you know, whatever it is, Austin Matthews scored 60 goals. I, I said this just in the recent days. Somebody said, well, Matthews has got to be the uh, MVP because he's got 60 goals. And I, and I used the argument against this person. I said, oh, yeah. I said, when, when people mention Sisterk, they say he has his own award, they, the Vezina. Well, for 60 goals, you get the rocket. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're the most valuable player. Phil Esposito scored 60. He didn't get the he didn't get the MVP. Anyway, all that aside, the league is, is so good. McDavid is phenomenal. And, and this is what ends up happening. We get all these numbers. Oh, this guy, this guy, blah. You know what? I asked myself this question when I, and I'm a voter. And I should start lobbying for you to be a voter. I think you'd be a terrific addition to the voting. Uh, what I would say is, Steve, I try to look, okay, where would this team be without player X? And, you know, and like, okay, so we can look at it and, and how important are they to the team? And that's where I get to a bigger number, not a smaller number, right? When Gretzky was winning the hard trophy, like every single year, <laughs> it was, there was a no doubt about it, Right. Not, there's not a no doubt about it. And that's why I say a two, the, the two player race. I don't see it like that. You know, I, I, I can tell you this, uh, there's going to be really good center, really good left winger, really good right winger that aren't going to make the final year end all-star teams. Just think yeah. about that. So, so, you know, dry Matthews, McDavid, one of them's not going to be an all-star, you know, Kachuk, Marner, Ratton, one of them's not going to be an all-star. Goudreau, Huberto, Kaprizov, one of them's not going to be an all-star. Stop and just think. The, the three guys that don't make the final year-end all-star team. And you're telling me they're not top-end players? Nah. You want to narrow it down? When Gretzky was in the league and winning by 80 points, yeah, it was pretty clear. I don't think it's clear like that. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, and I think by looking at the other things, it's kind of, you know, searching under every rock to get any morsel of information that helps. And after all this stuff, all those people that you mentioned are in on it. I, I saw the same thing that you talked about with the two horse race. It's almost as if to say, I don't want to justify everyone else. So I want for my own mind to understand, I'm going to make it a two horse race. And then people are saying, whoa, 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 hang on a second. And you talk about Kaprizov and what he's done for Minnesota hockey and Johnny season and Johnny season and, and everything else. So it's so much fun. That's the fun stuff. That's the toy department. The serious stuff is Vegas. I ask you, my friend, Minor tweaks or major changes in the off season? Well, I mean, you know, we can't talk about the past. doesn't matter. We're dealing with the present. So let's talk right here about the present. They put themselves in the mess that they got themselves in. You know, so they say about injuries, well, salary cap issues complicated that to, to a great extent, right? 
the goaltending situation, you know, we saw how that we saw how that played out, you know, with the uh, uh, with the flurry scenario, right? Like, you know, like they, they, they got some real challenges in there. They got challenges with their salary cap. They got challenges now, you know, because because they've traded picks and they're traded players. I mean, they're missing a top sixteen pick this year now again, and they've traded young players. So, like, if you, you you got a salary cap, and if you're going to try to clear up some room, you need young players that can come in and perform at on entry level contracts. At, at, at like, or you're you're going to run into it, and you're you're going to be you're going to be able to pay million dollars, but you're not going to have good players. <laughs> and so they put themselves in this thing. What, what I would say is, I I, I don't see anything. I, I just don't see how there won't be major changes there. On and off the ice. Now, I'm not going to speculate on what they could be or what they couldn't be. I, I just think that when they were winning, they were making major changes. So now that they've fumbled and fallen right down, how can they not make major changes? How? And by major, you mean everything under Bill Foley is open. So it could yeah. be manager. It could be coaching. It could be Leonard. On and off the it, ice. On and yeah. off the ice. Right. So, so do these things percolate or do you think when you know in the nfl they call it black monday right the season ends and then all these coaches gun 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 so we've got the one game on may the first we've got the season basically ending on friday april the 29th will it be black saturday black sunday bloody sunday is the the song says because if if it happens right away that's when i think it would be a gouging of coaching or manager so like because then at that point you better get somebody in place like if you're going to change your manager you you kind of know right now you, vegas plays their final game and then something happens because you you can't wait on that right craig like we're the season's later we got a we got a draft we've got a whole bunch of decisions to be made so if it's quiet for a little bit that's probably good news on the management front the coaching i don't think matters right away but for a manager we'll talk there you think if you're the owner you're changing the manager you're changing the manager by sunday may the first so so i think there's a, a, a two-parter to this and and i believe I, I really do believe this and you know if you're making a decision and you feel that you need to make a change in any position off the ice make it but the second part of this is you, like you, you, you can't just make it and go. Now what? <laughs> you better have. You better know what your plan is. And I'm going to give you my own personal experience. You know, in Calgary in 2000, the the management was changed and the coaching was changed. I took the job on June the fourth or whatever it was. That's when I was. That's when I took the job. Or you know, I had less than 48 hours. I, I could only start to participate with the team. You know, once our team was eliminated in Dallas, we went to double overtime versus the New Jersey Devils before losing the Stanley Cup. I had less than 48 hours. That's what I had, right? So two months, over two months had passed, and they didn't have anybody making decisions. So, like, great. I got the job. I was happy to have the job. I was happy to go in there. Two months behind. Two months behind. Two months behind. And there was lots of things. There's lots of things that unfold and lots of things you look back on. I look back on, you know, and you go, whoa. And yeah, great. We're going to go through a big exhaustive search. They did. And you know what? You, I, I think it was really well done. There was still two months there. <laughs> there was still two months where decisions had to be made and a lot of things were, were, were going on. 
So you want to make a change, that's fine. But you better have a plan for how you're going to proceed immediately after. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have somebody in place the day of or two days later. But, you know, look at where Chicago, they made their changes. They went through in season. Well, now they're up and running. Cal, Cal Davidson's up and running. He's got Norm McIver back. They just hired Jeff Greenberg from the Cubs. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. <laughs> Guess what? The Vegas Gold Knights are out of the playoffs. Are you ready to go? Because it's go time now. It's a different go time for the Vegas Gold Knights. They better be. And like I said, it doesn't have to be with the, but you better be really, def, really, really, you know, narrow in what your plan is. My, oh, well, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at that. Not the time. We don't know what they're going to do. If it was me, I think I would, I don't know if I would have made the Robin Leonard decision anyway. Um, I'd be looking to get off that decision. I'd be looking to see what is available on July 13th. What happens with Kemper? What happens? I mean, the flurry thing might not be possible anymore. Um, not under the group that's there. It's one thing if it was a total whitewash of management and coaching staff and they started fresh again. I, I, I just don't know if I want to go in that direction. I don't know how they bring back Smith. I think they need to trade to Donov again, legitimately to, to create some, some room. Where are you on Eichel, Pacioretty and Stone moving forward and, and health? Cause this, it's now time. Cause the Suzuki's and Brandstrom's and those guys are long gone. They could have gone in that direction, but they didn't. So there's a lot there. Me, I would, I would, I wouldn't go in the Leonard direction, Craig. I, I would, I'd be shopping. I'd like to know what happens in the crease and the goalie carousel. Okay. So, so that's one area. Just keep this in mind. They don't have cap space. Okay. So like Riley Smith, you know, it, it, it ends. The contract runs out. Yeah. Okay, so that's fine. So what, what, they were going to have to give up something to get to trade the Danoff. All I can tell you is this, okay? Like, if you think that when you put yourself into cap uh, challenges, you, teams aren't just saying, oh, geez, what great guys. Yeah, just like all these things that you talk about, they have to trade Yeah, They have to create cap space. You know what? You got surgery for Robin Leonard. Can't buy him out. Can't buy out an injured player. So, you know, now you're now you're looking at a different situation with your goaltending and like what what does it have and who do we have and who can we get? You think Darcy Kemper's coming for a cheap price? No. So like this is what I'm saying about the Vegas going. They have massive cap challenges. Listen, given the choice of having Patchy Ready and Eichel and Petrangelo and Mark Stone, like I'm okay with that. That's not. I don't have a problem with those. That's not where their problem has been. The problem has been in the other areas. And you know what? Riley Smith was a good player. Chandler Stevenson's a good player. Like they've been good, but you know, they fall short. They run into cap issues and they've gone for it. I get it. And right now though, they're going for it has forced them to fall back. So now there's a full, there's a full slate of evaluation going on, but Steve do not think for one second that this is just as easy looking at, Oh, well, we'll trade the Don off. What's the cost going to be to trade to Dan off? Oh, what, what are we going to do? We got Robin Leonard. What's the, what's the prognosis with him with respect to the shoulder and, 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 and his rehabilitation. It's not that easy. And like I said, like, you know what? They don't have, like they've traded Peyton Krabs. They've traded their young players. They've traded them. They traded Alex Tuck. They've traded these guys to get one guy. 
So you keep trading two for one and two for one and two for one, right? Well, guess what? You're going to be short. Keep doing that. And when I say two for one, I'm talking about prospect player, prospect player, draft pick player, right? So who's going to come in and play? They can sign guys for 750,000 and 800,000. They're just not going to be very good. They're not going to be very good. And now you're going, well, we got all this money tied up in, in, in Petrangelo and Stone and Pacioretty and Eichel. And they're, they're looking around going, well, geez, I guess it's just up to us. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to need some luck. Maybe they're going to argue they're going to need some good luck. It's not a good look for Jack Eichel. One assist in his last six games. I know they were kind of smirking in Buffalo. Um, I'd like to think they will be better because they have to be better next year. But it has become a general hospital or a bit of a soap opera. And I'll end by saying this. By going out 0 for 17. What were the odds, Craig, to go 0 for 7, 0 for 7, 0 for 3 in three shootouts? 0 for 17. Oh, my goodness. They, uh, they didn't go out like a lion. They went out like a lamb in missing the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. 0 for 17. Giving up a tying goal with one second left. You have a two-goal lead at home against the San Jose Sharks. Like, there's lots of places they can go to evaluate, okay? Like, how did we play? Why did we make these mistakes? What happens? And, again, you know, when you when you run up against your salary cap, and, and we, we can, you know, heap praise on, you know, how, how they battle through injuries and everything. Like, they didn't have the resources to, to, to get through it. They didn't have the resources to get through it. So, great. It's all nice and admirable. They're one of 16 teams out of the playoffs. And – it's not going to be easy. It's not easy. You think the LA Kings are ready to take a step back? I think the Anaheim Ducks are ready to take a step forward. You think the Calgary Flames are taking a step back? Edmonton? You think that the Vancouver Canucks are taking a step back? The Vancouver Canucks, if if, if they would have had a better start, they're past the Vancouver Canucks, or past the Vegas Golden Knights. I just named the Pacific Division, <laughs> okay? I haven't gone to the West. I just named the Pacific Division. Uh-uh. And I'm not here to... Like, I, I, I don't celebrate teams not doing so well, right? But bottom line is, it's not so easy for them. It's not like, oh, we had an off year. Well, what are we going to do? We'll be back in next year. Oh, I'm not so sure. I'll say it right now. I'm not so sure. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the NHL, brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook, 19-plus, play responsibly. Craig, I think this is... A smorgasbord. It's a buffet. What do you want? You want chicken? You want beef? You want salads? You want wings? What do you want tonight? Why don't we just go all combinations and permutations? You got Boston and Toronto. You got the Islanders in Tampa. Tampa wins. They get Toronto in the first round. Does Tampa want Toronto? Or do they want to switch over to the Metropolitan? Uh, rest some players. We'll go and play Carolina. Where's their goaltending at? You know, and does Toronto want to play Boston? Oh, they're resting Matthews. They're resting Marner. So, you know, I don't know. So, you know what I'm going with? I'm taking the Islanders to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's their Stanley Cup this year. And I'm taking the Bruins to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Straight up, okay, Toronto-Boston first-round matchup, Carolina-Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. That's where I'm going with on this Friday, April 29th. Brilliant. Bravo. Bravo. So using your method, I'm taking Pittsburgh over Columbus because I think Pittsburgh's saying 
will take on the Rangers and the Capitals. 0 for 6 on the power play without Ovechkin, outscored 92. I guess it's all about Ovi. No Ovi, no win. I'll take the Rangers resting everyone, and I'll take the Penguins. And Craig, we'll find out how this all unshakes by midnight on Friday the 29th. The most competitive odd sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. That's why we love them so much. Join now and see what sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. 19 plus play responsibly. Oh, yeah. Episode 61, our next episode, will be all about the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll preview Oilers and Kings and Wild and what's going on with all the 16 teams that are in. Craig, I love it. It reminds me of our television days and those great previews and the free pizza we used to get. I love free pizza. (laughs) Wow. Okay, let me just tell you this, okay? Let me just clear up something. It wasn't free. I was the one paying for it. It was free for you. (laughs) (laughs) Might be right, Robert. You might be right, Robert. I thought thought somebody else was paying for it, but I love my pepperoni pizza. All all, all kidding aside, we'll, we'll go from there. I'll tell you what, we do a 40 minute podcast. We try to stay really tight on our 40 minutes. Let me see eight series divided by 40 minutes. A couple of little things in there. It's going to be the fastest 40 minutes in hockey playoff preview history. Yes. The Rick <laughs> Nash in, edition. In. 61 Rick Nash. So um, depending when you're listening to this, we have to talk about the final real regular season nights. We got the May 1st game, but anyway, this Friday, February 29th, Florida's clinched the President's Trophy. Congratulations. We've got still in play. 3-4 in the Atlantic. 3-4 in the Metro. Home ice, Minnesota, St. Louis. And where the wildcard teams finish up. What's the sexiest scenario for you? And as you taught me, expect the unexpected. Could we see Toronto, Boston? Could we see Carolina, Tampa? Is that what you see in your crystal ball or is it foggy from the German uh, sausages you've been eating over there? Oh, beautiful day over here in Munich. Uh, Everything's been good. Uh, Good German food. The sausages are good. Yeah. Schnitzel, schnitzel, schnitzel. Schnitzel. Great Mm. schnitzel. Yum, yum, yum. Really good. Anyway, uh, what I will tell you is this. I find it fascinating. The Tampa Bay Lightning to me are the the fascinating. You can't call the two-time Stanley Cup champions a wild card. You can't call a team with that type of star star power a wild card, but doesn't it seem like they're the ones that kind of have, you know, uh, the crystal ball in their hand? Like, you know, on a Friday night, they're going to go and play the Islanders. They look ahead. like, Oh, let's get the conspiracy theory going. Oh, they're planning out. Hmm. Do they want to go through the Atlantic division? Maybe they lose. Maybe they lose and rest some of their players and they get Carolina in the first round. Oh, <laughs> Toronto's sitting out Matthews and Martyr on a Friday night and Boston Bruins. Oh boy. What do they want to do? Do the Boston Bruins do? Where do they want to get to? Do they want to get the Carolina hurricanes? Oh boy. Look at all those, <laughs> the, the, the machinations going on in teams heads, right? Like, you know, and sit down and, and you know, at the end of it, you know, Toronto could win and Tampa Bay could win. And we got the Tampa Bay Toronto, but I, I think the intriguing thing for me is the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, th- we've talked about, they know, been there, done that, right? Third place, maybe a wild card spot. 
All I know is I find it really difficult to try to find a reason to not think that Tampa Bay is going to be the most difficult out for anybody in the Eastern Conference. I really am having a tough time. Yeah. And so I get that. And then the dangers, and we joked around on podcast 33, I just threw up the old Soviet Union, Czechoslovakia, name the year, where all of a sudden, where they've been scoring four and five goals each, they played to a 0-0 tie, which actually is mutually beneficial to both teams as it relates to a matchup in the quarterfinal. And, and we can joke around about which year and how many times it did or didn't happen, but it was always kind of weird that in the middle of a tournament, they played a low-chance, zero-high-danger game. And the danger at the NHL level of massaging a possible opponent. You know, if, I don't know, if you pull your goalie in overtime and accidentally lose that point, and then that means you play someone else, like, is there going to be a call from Bill Daly? Um, and I don't know how it's going to play out. But if you're asking me, and I know you are, if I'm Toronto and Boston, this is Soviet Union and Czechoslovakia. They want to play each other. I believe that. If you believe Tampa wants to avoid maybe a Florida second-round matchup right now, they might want to get to the Atlantic Division. How Boston dresses on Friday, how Tampa dresses on Friday is intriguing because if we're thinking it and talking about it, so are they. So smarter the men than us, well, maybe me, not you, because you're smart, are sitting in a room <laughs> and are saying, what do we want to do and possibly how would we want to do it? That's, that's what I think because there's a buzz right now in the podcast world, in the Twitter world, and on the social media sites of how is this, this, this could be Freaky Friday. Remember the movie? Freaky Friday. This could be Freaky Friday. Um, I'm curious, Craig. Like this is not a don't watch the games, forget about it, wake up Saturday morning. This is going to be intriguing from 7.07 till about 9.37 Eastern time. I'll guarantee you that. So, you know, one of the things, you know, there's been lots of discussion about the salary cap and how teams, you know, work around it, you know, everything, you know, just so you know, people in the NHL front office and NHL teams, they're not spending very much time on it. That's an outside thing. But the fact of the matter is teams have to be cap compliant until the end of the regular season. So it's not like Boston can sit out seven players and call up other players. You got to be cap compliant. It's not like Tampa Bay can sit out seven players and call up. You, you can't do it. So yeah, Toronto can sit out Matthews and Marner and they got a couple extra players they can throw in the lineup. Right. You know, the ability to, to, I, I guess, game the game. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not really there. So it does become intriguing. So like if Boston says, well, we'll sit out Marchand and McAvoy. Right. And Tampa Bay goes, we'll sit out Kucherov. You can't sit out all of them. And if everybody does it equally, aren't you just where you started? <laughs> yeah. It's even by not being as good. Right. right. So it's uh, if 37 and 63 aren't there and 34 and 16 aren't there. Okay. So it's a wash. So now it's uh, Hala against Matt, uh, Tavares. And, you know, so I, I think, and once you play and you're playing, like you're playing to win, like you're, you know, if you're there and Tavares is having a good game and he's thinking 80 points and 30 goals, he's not missing the empty net. You know, there Marchand's not missing an opportunity to, you know, start scoring with a goalie in there because he's been slumping. So whatever the scenario. So that's the Atlantic. Florida's the one. 
We wonder what happens with Toronto. Well, Toronto's a two. The, the, the Tampa-Boston thing's intriguing, so we'll be watching that. Washington is, they've wet two beds without Ovechkin. Like, you know, it's like the 36-year-old older brother here that's saying, like, they, they have not been very good. Pittsburgh's got Columbus. Pittsburgh beats Columbus, and they don't get Florida. That's a motivation to me. I don't see how the Penguins don't win on Friday night and say, okay, with or without Jari, we get the New York Rangers. Gary, are you with me on that line of thinking there? 100%. Why, why, do, you, why do you want to make your path harder? I'm not, you're right. They're going to compete. They're going to play hard. They're going to do the thing. But why do you want to make your path harder? And, and trust me, going to have to play Florida in the first round is a harder path. It's a harder path. <laughs> it really is. Like, you know, St. Louis and Minnesota for home ice in the, in the central division two, three, right. They're equally matched. I think it's going seven. I think it might be quadruple overtime in game seven between those two teams. They're both comfortable playing against one another. I know the stat is St. Louis has beat them the last 75 times and everything. It's playoffs now. It doesn't matter. So I just think that it is, you, you know, you, like you look at it, you look even game usage. How are you going to use players in a game? What are you going to do on the power play? You know, like, you know, you, you're playing and, and are, are players really going for it, right? Do you fall behind two nothing? Like how much energy are you going to expend? Right? Like, I mean, that's all part of it. It's human nature. It's human nature. This isn't robotic, you know, plug a quarter in and everybody gets to, you know, the machine starts to run. So I find it intriguing. I'd, I'm going to be fascinated to wake up on Saturday and see how it all uh, is shaken out. But I, I I look at the 100 points. Every team in the East has 100 points. The West, I mean, and, and like and every like you look at the teams, like just 96 is the cutoff point. There might be 97, 98, depending on what Nashville and Dallas do, or 99 and 98, right? I mean, you think about the 16 teams that are in a plus. You brought this up. The, the, uh, the previous episode 100 points is 18 games over 82 like you've won that many more games like and, and like teams that are just on the cusp of it like it's hard to make the playoffs <laughs> it's hard to make the playoffs and so you're going to be playing good teams and yeah we can talk about Washington without Ovi right everything gets reset on Monday all I know is 100 point teams are pretty good I don't care who you are. If you're eighth in the conference and you're 100 points, or you're first in the conference and you're 100 points, you're darn over. You're pretty good. I don't think I'm. I'm stating the obvious here. Well, and the other storylines we said about what's happening: the Wild against Colorado. Will the Abs rest? Will the Wild get home ice? It always felt that they were the two this year, even though it went neck and neck. Uh, they're obviously two up. Uh, St. Louis has the tiebreaker, so it has to go bad for Minnesota. And you talk about points, Nashville 97, Dallas 96. If they both win, Craig, that's 99-98. So we'll look back and say it took 98 points in the NHL to make the playoffs. And if you're Nashville and you've got Arizona, the win means you don't get Colorado. Now, that means Calgary, and it's another pick your poison, but... It feels like Nashville is going to take their chances with Calgary, and then Dallas would have to get the alleged Texas slaughter uh, against the Colorado Avalanche if Daryl Sutter ends up being correct. Like, those are the freaky Friday storylines. Now, it looks great. They all win, and we all sing Kumbaya. (laughs) 
St. Louis wins. Minnesota loses. Nashville loses. Dallas wins, and everything gets mixed up in your smorgasbord there in Munich. So I find it. I thought this was gonna not matter. Oh, it'll be a late one in the hockey basement. It does matter. So, uh, fifteen games, thirty teams, Mister Button. It's gonna be a freaky Friday night. Oh, there's no question it, it will be. And I'm gonna finish this uh, episode sixty. On Austin Matthews, first 60-goal scorer since Steven Stamkos, the Macedonian assassin, as you coined the phrase. Yep. But I also want to give a little shout-out to our friend Adnan Verk <laughs> for doing a, <laughs> a Steve Coolius imitation. <laughs> Adnan, that was perfect. That was brilliant. And just so everybody knows, uh, the questions I get, people ask me about Steve, and basically they say, where does he get his energy from? Like, how, like, how, like he, it's unbelievable how much energy he's got so adnan on the uh, nhl network did a uh, mike rupp and brian lawton were were unbelievable talking about you too and you, you do great work your enthusiasm uh has no no limits and uh love you for it thank you very much um my final thought and i'm going to get in our sponsor here ultimate hockey fans not a person or a group of people a must for every hockey basement Get a hold of Paul Cohen, ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod to get our discount. My final thought is going to be the picture of Dustin Brown and Ryan Getzlaff shaking hands, uh, final game, the, the, the California battles. Like this is part of hockey culture. We've had a lot of negative discussions and, and finger pointing about it. This is great. One cup in Anaheim, two cups in LA at the moment we didn't know Dustin Brown was retiring as well so they're both done now and there they are sharing that moment it reminds me of Gordie Howe arm around Johnny Bauer after the Leafs beat the Red Wings and yeah they battle tooth and nail and this is in the old days when they really hated each other but Gordie came over to say congratulations so they put all that aside and had a moment they were shaking hands reminding me of that love you Ryan Getzlaff sometimes underrated Dustin Brown unless you're in Southern California from the Guelph Storm, a competitor, two-time cup champion, lost the sea, thought at one point they were going to buy him out. Good for him. A story of perseverance now at 37. That was a great picture. That picture of Brown and Getzlaff should be in both rinks, in Anaheim and L.A., because, Craig, that's also what hockey is all about. Leave it all on the ice, and then when you're off, when you're done, you know what? Respect your opponent and give them the... Give them the due that they deserve. For Ryan and uh, Dustin, they played hard, they won, and they deserve our respect. Two playoff battlers. When we're back on Rick Nash episode 61, it's playoffs, baby. It's the Sweet 16 still alive. For Craig Button in Munich, Germany, and his smorgasbords, I'm Steve Coolius. Be well, be good, and enjoy Freaky Friday.